Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org. Join us now as Pastor Keith Moore shares today's message. Well, we're glad you're here for the second uh, week of our journey to restore order to overloaded lives. And we've discovered that God has much to say about that. Uh, There is a way that Jesus would have us live. I mean, uh, the way of Jesus, Jesus Christ rightly understood and rightly followed results in a better way of living uh, here and hereafter, but, but certainly here. It's not just the hereafter. Uh, it, is, it is the here. This is a series that's kind of for the here and now that'll help us head to the hereafter. Last week, we talked about generally reducing overload. Today, we want to talk about uh, a word that we say frequently, and it's simplify. Say that with me. Simplify. Yeah, we, okay, if we just simplify my life. You ever said that, thought that, wished that, hoped that, or all of those above? I hear people say that uh, quite a bit. Well, where do you go? You can go to uh, um, you know, self-help seminars. You can go to a counselor. You can go to self-help books. You can go here and there. I, I recommend that we go uh, to Jesus And that's who we're going to go to today for he has much to say in the gospels. In fact, if you, even just in the sermon on the Mount chapters five, six, and seven of the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, he has much, much, much to say about what the simple life would look like. Uh, should we live it? Should we understand how we become the kind of people, how we turn into the kind of people who naturally live that way? And what it would look like. He has much to say. So we're not going to take the time to look at everything that Jesus says about the simple life. Or everything that he modeled uh, about the simple life. Because that would be too complicated. So we're, but we are going to look at four. I can't get my head around 50 things. But maybe four areas of life that Jesus speaks into. And actually will enable us to, to transform. That will make a big difference in the complexity level, the anxiety level of our lives to bring it way, way down. So we're going to jump right in today. We're going to talk about, uh, take a look at what Jesus has to say about how we speak, how we communicate to people and to God, how we relate to people, um, how we relate to everyday demands, how we live, and actually how we believe in Him. And we're to simplify Uh, and and express those in certain ways. Here's the first one. Let's talk about how we speak. Jesus says that we can simplify life by, first of all, simplifying the way we speak. Number one, jot that down, the way we speak. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, here's what he said. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, he's talking about being, uh, not being tricky with our words, not being sneaky with our words, not using our words to position ourselves. Now, you know, I find left to myself, apart from Christ, I want to, I want to make myself look the best in every situation, whether I am the best 
or not. I want to I wanna, I wanna look kinder than I am, fairer than I am, smarter than I am, uh, more well-connected than I am. It's called positioning yourself with what you say or don't say. And it gets really complicated to try to figure out how to say all those things the right way. In Jesus' day, uh, the common culture was that you... Um, you're trying to optimize life for your benefit, and so in business or in religion where there was a hierarchy and kind of recognition in the Jewish religion that day, you would, uh, you would kind of be sneaky with your speech. You wouldn't be straightforward with your speech, certainly in business. Uh, you never uh, you quite knew how, what people were, were getting at. And so Jesus said, hey, 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 when you're communicating to people, just let your yes be yes and your no be no. He was saying, be honest with people. Be honest with people. Be clear with uh, people. Have integrity with your words. Now, uh, apologies to those of you who are a lot younger than me. You may watch this on syndicated TV, but uh, if you were going to vote for the all-time favorite uh, sitcom, how many of you would say Andy Griffith Show? How many of you say, I love Lucy? Yeah, I love Lucy typically wins out. Well, the storyline was almost always the same. Different circumstances, different setting, but the, but the storyline was almost always the same. Somewhere in the very, very early uh, part of the episode, Lucy would tell Ricky a lie. And then the whole rest of the episode would be about how, how complicated her life would get, trying to you know keep everything in order because of... The lie. Being sneaky with our words complicates life very much. Jesus says this you want to make your life simple? Then be honest with people. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Uh, when you tell the truth, you, you know, you never have to remember what you said. Uh, just tell the truth. Now, he's saying here, too, um, you know, some of us are kind of doodle around with our words because we don't want to disappoint people. You know, we want to please everybody. You want to be kind. You want, to, you want it to work. You want to bless everybody. You want to be able to do what everybody wants you to, to do. And, and so you can't quite, but, you know, it just doesn't work. Life's even complicated when your motives are the best. Just say, yes, I can. No, I can't. Wish I could. I love you, but I can't do that. Now, others of us, life gets complicated with our words because we, want, we feel like we need to be understood. Now, that's me. You know, I, I wanna, how could anybody misunderstand me? You, ever, you feel, I want, you know, I, but when we let our yes be yes and our no be no, we just realize I don't have to explain to everybody in the world why or why I am not doing or, or being something. Yes, no. Yes or no? It, Jesus says, if you want to simplify life, simplify, simplify the way you communicate with people. And also, number two, simplify the way you communicate with God. The way you pray to God. Um, you know, we have a hard time being with ourselves when we're talking to God. As if He doesn't know what we're really like and who we really are. But we have a hard time with that. Uh, sometimes I hear people kind of be cool when they're talking to or about God. And they're almost kind of flippant. Talk about Him in terms of the big guy in the sky or the man upstairs and kind of snicker at Him. And 
mm, that kind of thing. Others of us uh, put on false humility before God. Oh, God, I'm just a worm. You would never like me. How could, you know? Um, some of us just get really formal with God. When we begin to communicate with God, pray to God, talk with God, we automatically get a steeple stuck in our throat. And we spend the talk, you know, say God. And we put these, with a lot of these and thou's and thouest. And, but I don't talk to my friends like that. Dost thou? <laughs> no, 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 we don't. We don't. We don't. We don't. So what do we do? Simplify. Jesus said, make it simple, even when you're talking uh, with God. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, here's what he said. When you pray, Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, God the Father, who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I like the way that Eugene Peterson uh, paraphrased this verse in the, the message translation. He said, here's what I want you to do. This is God speaking, Jesus speaking. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. Talk to God honestly. If we're not honest with God, there's no use in speaking with Him at all. Now, sometimes we may need help with the language. I'm a guy, when, I, when I'm learning to do something... I'm a guy who needs a pattern. I want to see a model. I want to see an example of how it was done uh, before. Anybody else like that? You, you want to see that? Well, in, in learning to be emotionally honest with God in our prayers, which is the beginning of all legitimate communication with God and, and the place of getting help from God, He gave us uh, a great illustration. In fact, he made it the centerpiece of the Bible, right in the center. It is the book of Psalms. In the book of Psalms, you could just call it God's prayer book. God's prayer book. And, and each Psalm we find, I mean, we find throughout the Psalms, every human emotion being expressed. In almost every life circumstance, we see people thrilled and praising God and, and high and full of joy. We see people in the pit of depression over their life circumstances, emo, in emotional darkness. We see people being uh, suffering and asking God, why in the world am I suffering? Get, and it's pretty clear language. We see people mad at their enemies and praying stuff like God bash their babies against rocks, send somebody to kick their teeth in. I mean, you know, you get, you get really, really great earthy uh, words and emotions. We see people in contemplative uh, thought. We see people in grieving death. We see people celebrating life. Great, great, great honest words. I recommend, I recommend that you begin crawling through the Psalms in your times with God. Just a, a psalm at a time, or some of them are very long. So just a, maybe a, a paragraph at a time and among other things, pray those back to God, but take notice of how honest the psalmist is with God. He gives you an example. He's talked to me this, come on, be this honest, he says. So if you want to simplify life, simplify the way you speak with people. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be honest and clear with people and be honest with 
God. Now, there's a second way he says we can simplify life, and is this one. Simplify the way we act. Simplify the way we act. And he's speaking of relating to other people. Simplify the way we relate to people. You know, relationships can get complicated, can't they? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we believe it so much here, it even made it onto the communication card. Look at it where it says marital status there. We put it right there. Married, single, or it's complicated. Isn't that on the card right there? Yeah, it is. Sometimes all that stuff's complicated, and sometimes friendships get complicated, and parents and kids. And How, can, how in the world, do you, ever, do you ever just walk away from an encounter with a, a family member or a friend or a neighbor or work associate, and you go, good grief, what just happened how in the world we get there i don't know <laughs> and how do we back out of it it gets really really complicated roger i have been uh, i have been flatware challenged my entire life now here's what i mean by that anybody you remember your first formal dining experience like a you know banquet or a big business deal and you come in and all these plates and all this flatware i've been flatware challenged from the very uh, beginning and until finally one of my friends gave me he said I said what do I do with all this he, he said here's the quick rule here's simple rule simple rule that'll help you manage this he said work from the outside in some of you some of you know that I'm getting a lot of good I got that right right work from the outside in good very simple now when it comes to relationships Jesus says simple rules can simplify the way we relate to people and here's the way he said it, work from the inside out. Work from the inside out. It's found, more familiar words, it's found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, where Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is called the what rule? The golden rule. The golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh, another translation says it this way on the screen. Here's a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Do it for them. Work from the inside out. It's been the golden rule. But now I, t- I, I find that sometimes it's, we aren't naturally the kind of people who just react that way. In fact, we may more naturally live by the reciprocal rule, which says, I'm going to do unto you as you do unto me. If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. If you snub me, I'll snub you. If you, if you uh, uh, welcome me, I'll welcome you. If you hate me, I'll hate you. The reciprocal rule. Mm, that complicates life. Or sometimes we live by the pass it along rule, which is this one. It says, do unto, I'm going to do unto you as someone else did unto me. Now, we see this show up many, many times in patterns of uh, abuse. You grow up in an abusive home, either abu- uh, abused physically or emotionally or sexually, and you just pass it on to the next generation. I'm going to do unto you as someone did un- unto me. It really complicates things. Others live by uh, the treat them the way I think they're going to treat me rule, which is one of, my, one of my former bosses had this one. He said it this way, Jim. He said, my rule is I'm going to do unto others before they do unto me. Boy, he was a joy. He was a blessing to the people that because he was doing unto his employees before we did unto him. He did that with his customers. Oh, it's awful. 
complicated life terribly. But Jesus said, hey, let's get simple. Let's work from the inside out. You want to you simplify life? Then simplify the way you relate to people. Treat them the way you want to be treated. Treat them the way you want to be treated. And that sounds, sim, some, that sounds simplistic. It is not, is it? Simplistic is useless. Simple is powerful. In fact, that one statement is considered by believers and unbelievers as the pinnacle of ethical teaching in the human race. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Treat others as you want to be treated. It is the fast track to great relationships. But I I find that I don't naturally treat others the way I'd like to be treated. Why don't we do that? We got a problem. We need... We need outside help. I recommend that maybe you as a, um, as a, uh, a small group uh, practice this. Some of you are saying, now, Pastor, so what if Jesus says this? I mean, who's the golden rule for? What's in it for me? Because it looks like if I treat people that way, I'm going to be taken advantage of. I'm going to be run over. I don't know. Yeah, who's it golden for? Well, I think Jesus understood that we would think this way. And so in Matthew chapter 23... Verses 11 and 12, he said this. Do you want to stand out? Then step down. Be a servant. If you puff yourself up, you'll get the wind knocked out of you. But if you are content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. He said, you want your life to really count? Jesus said, then think of what you'd like for people to do for you and you serve them that way. Be a servant. Life gets much less complicated when we stop thinking of positioning ourselves in any and every circumstance for it to benefit us uh, the most. And again, I think a great place to practice this is in your small group. I think it's a great place uh, in, in your elementary kids, in your small group. Middle and high school students, they're meeting in their small groups right now. All of you adults, it's one of the reasons we have life groups. You already have a basic fund, uh, fundamental uh, commitment to each other in your, in your life group, a certain level of, of trust. Well, why don't, you, why don't you guys begin to soak in this one passage, Matthew seven twelve, and talk about it. What would it look like? How do, how do, I, how do we become the kind of people who treat each other the way we want to be treated. Uh, it, it, let's, let's, let's do the spiritual workout. Let's write about it. Let's journal about it. Let's pray for each other uh, about it. Let's, let's somehow figure out to hang on to Christ in such a way that He turns us into the kind of people internally that it works its way naturally out on the outside. In fact, I, I just see a couple here who might need to do that. I noticed Will Flora sitting way over here, and Melanie's sitting way over here, and I don't get that. Do y'all need to do a little thing? Do we need to take a time? Just, just kidding. I'm sorry. I just noticed that. So, anyway, sorry. Where were we? Um, so, but in your life group, we figure out how to how to do that that very that very thing. Now, Jesus said, not only simplify the way we speak and the way we relate, but uh, also the way we act. Third, jot that down. Simplify the way you act, uh, or live, I should say. And what I mean by that is, is your, um, well, let me express it this way. We're dealing in this whole series with the hurriedness of life, the hectic pace of life, uh, so many plates spinning in our lives. I came across an author this week as I was preparing for this talk, 
who wrote these words. He said, we say things to each other like, I couldn't answer your text about the message on my voicemail discussing the call to my cell phone about the Facebook message that I haven't returned yet. Man, we are way overconnected. Terribly overconnected. Our time-saving technology has become time-slaving. Um, I re- you, you remember when we used to laugh when we'd enter a public restroom and you'd hear somebody talking on their cell phone in, in the stall? We don't laugh about that anymore. And we don't think anything about it anymore, do we? I mean, good grief. I, I, remember, I remember being in the movies about the time cell phones, Mark, began to prolifer- proliferate among uh, students. And there was a scene in a movie, we really thought it was funny, I know the directors loved it, where supper was being prepared, and the wife turned to the husband and said, let the kids, tell the kids for supper, and he pulled his cell phone out and called upstairs to their, and we all laughed about that until we all started doing it with our own kids. I mean, well, think about, we are way, way, way over connected. Is it really that important to be connected every second of the day? Jesus understood the need for breathing space for pulling away from people connectedness is addictive it's addictive it's negatively destructively uh, addictive here's what jesus said in mark 631 then because so many people were or that would describe jesus then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. He said, Come away. Uh, the, the, uh, I believe the King James translation, Jesus said, Come apart with me. One writer says it this way. Jesus said, You need to come apart before you come apart. Uh, we need to, to pull away. Here, here, is, a, here is one way to do this, a quiet place with Jesus by myself. It's your daily quiet time with God. Millions and millions of believers over the last 2,000 years have practiced this spiritual habit as a way to disconnect and change the way they live. A few minutes, the first 10 or 15, or maybe it'll grow into 30 minutes, uh, or maybe even an hour, who knows, uh, first 10 to 15 minutes of the day with God. You say, well, now, Pastor, I want to do that, but does it have to be done at the beginning of the day? No, it doesn't have to be done at the beginning of the day, but I have never seen an athletic team warm up after the game. So I recommend you do it at the beginning of the day. What do you do? A little Bible intake. Might, might be a good time when you're crawling through the Psalms. A little Bible intake. And then a little time to, as we said, Sit simply and honestly before God in His presence and talk with Him. And, and then commit your day to Him. Let, Him. let Him order your day. Now, if you want some more help with that, we will teach you how to begin having a quiet time. It's one of the, one of the major sections of information that we communicate in the GROW seminar that we teach frequently. In fact, we'll do that. You can sign up for the next GROW seminar. I think it's coming. JB, I see you back there. I can't see in the lights. Is it the 28th? Sunday afternoon, April 28th, right after the, uh, this service, uh, about two, two and a half hours, the GROW seminar. 
discovering spiritual growth. And in there, one of the things we deal with is here's what you do in a time with God. It's a great place to start. I recommend that you take your communication card and go ahead and sign up for that. It will simplify life, the Lord Jesus says to you and me. So he says we can simplify our lives by simplifying the way we speak to to people and to God, the way we act or relate to people, treating others as we want to be treated, by the way we live, pulling away from the busyness and the addictive connectedness that we have. And then he says we can simplify life by simplifying the way we believe. And what I mean by that is the way we believe in Jesus. You know, our, our problem, and I've alluded to this already, our problem tends to be that we know these things. I should let my yes be yes and my no be no. I should speak honestly to God. I, I know I already knew that I should treat other people the way that I want to be treated. I know that being addicted to my technology is not a good thing. I already, I already know those things. Well, then why are we still stuck there? Our problem is we have a, we have a heart issue. Uh, we are depending on the wrong person to enable us to live that. We're depending on ourselves. Now, Jesus dealt with this kind of belief this way. Simplify the way you believe, number four. Look at Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them, and he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, here's what was happening there. The disciples of Jesus were coming to him, and they were hearing him say, you know, the kingdom of heaven is upon you, is near you, is right up in your face. I am come, I am establishing my kingdom, my rule as king uh, of heaven and earth. And so they, but they said, this sounds too simple. They wanted to set up a kind of hierarchy. We need a pope, we need a guru, we need a high priest, we, we need a rabbi, we, we, we need presidents and vice presidents, and we want to be those. How do you get to be great? In, in this kingdom of heaven that you keep talking to us about Jesus. And he ignored what they wanted to talk about. And the Bible says instead he looked around and there was evidently some children around and he called a child to him. And he said, you want to simplify your faith? You want to know about the kingdom of heaven and how to operate, how to live daily in the kingdom of heaven? Well, become like this little child. Now, Many, many, including some of us here today, have asked and would ask right now, okay, that sounds great, but what does that mean? I mean, what does he mean by that? How does one do that? How does that work? Who's he talking about? Uh, does it mean I, become, I go back and become innocent when I've not been innocent? Do I, do, do I become uh, uh, ignorant of life as it really is? I mean, do I, what, do I become immature? Does it mean I become less materialistic? Uh, more accepting, less jaded? What's he talking about? I think the key is the last sentence that he gives us in that passage. Whoever humbles himself, you become humble like this child. 
So let's talk about kids a second. Let's talk, I mean, I don't mean adolescence when we're already into struggling with the things that the adults struggle with. I'm talking about little children, younger elementary and older preschool. Um, I started to say they know they're not the greatest in the world. They don't even think that much. They're just, everybody's bigger than them. I mean, and they, they don't put on airs. They don't try to position themselves. They don't try to make it on their own unless you're in one of these horrible situations where they're on the streets as little kids. They don't try to make it on their own. I mean, if you go out to dinner with a group and there's a, there's a six-year-old in the crowd, he, never, he doesn't try to... So he never says, oh, I'll t- I'll, give me the tab. <laughs> I got it. I got it. No, no, no. He, ne- he, never, he or she, they never worry about their food or who's going to... They, I'm not pay, they're not paying for it. They're not preparing it. They're not going to get it. They're not working for it. They are, here's a good phrase, they are comfortably dependent upon the adults. Comfortably dependent upon the adults. That's what Jesus is meaning. He said, you, you want to relate to me in the kingdom of God? You become comfortably dependent on me. But as, and, and as we're little, we can do those kinds of things. But as we get older, we begin to forget that. And we say, well, I, I've got to live life on my own. I've got to take care of myself. I've got to, I've got to, uh, I know I came to Christ by faith, but now, you know, I need to really work hard to be okay with God and make him still like me. And boy, this is really hard. And, uh, and I got to do it myself. We, we struggle uh, with this. And life begins to get complicated. Belief starts to get complicated. Faith begins to be complicated. And you know when it's the most difficult, I think, to be humble? It's when it comes to our own sinfulness. Our own sinfulness. Uh, admitting the things we've done wrong and the, and the, the, the wrong sinful condition of our hearts. Uh, the Bible talks about this in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Listen to this. It says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who they are. You know, it takes humility to admit that I've sinned, that I've done wrong, I've done the sinful thing. It takes greater humility to admit to another person that my sinfulness has harmed them or to admit to God. It takes greatest humility to admit that there's nothing in me that can take care of that problem. That I can't do more good enough things to, to make God, I, to take care I, of, of the sin that I've committed. That takes humility. That means I am helpless. So if I'm helpless, that means if it's going to be taken care of, someone else has to do it. It's Jesus Christ and what he accomplished when he died on the cross and rose from the dead. He says, that's the only thing. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father. No one is reconciled to the Father. No one receives the gift of eternal life. No one is adopted as his child. No one gets a regenerated heart, a brand new heart, a brand new spirit, uh, nobody gets eternal and abundant life apart from me. I am it. And he says, so you just have to be comfortably dependent upon me. I'm it. Not only to begin life in the kingdom of God, but to continue it. As we do that, 
as we believe in him, as we follow him, as we trust in him, we find that by his amazing grace and the indwelling presence and power of his Holy Spirit, as we walk with him uh, each day, he begins to turn us into the kind of people who naturally, in the game of life, as we go through our day, let our yes be yes and our no be no. Uh, speak openly and honestly with people. Uh, speak honestly with God. People who begin just naturally to treat others the way they would prefer to be treated. Who simplify life and are disconnected so they can be with God. Uh, we become those kind of people. He changes us. Apart from Him, we're stuck. We're stuck. He says, don't be afraid just trust in me. Now I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Some of you are what the Bible calls outsiders. You are outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. You're outside of a relationship with God through faith in Christ. Uh, maybe you've been in stiff-arming God for a long time, and uh, you, you may have even been looking for the way back. How can I come back to God? This is how. Through faith alone in Christ alone. Faith alone in Christ alone and in what he did when he died on the cross and rose from the dead. You say, Lord, I'm a sinful person. I'm, I admit it, and I admit that I can't do anything about it. I'm in trouble. I am dependent upon you and what you did for me. Will you forgive me? Will you come into my life? Will you make me your child? Will you adopt me into the family? Will you give me your gift of abundant and eternal life? The best of my understanding, I give control of my life in eternity to you. In this prayer time, some of you are ready to take that step. Do it. Do it. Others of you are already followers of Christ, but life is hectic. Life is hard. Speech and relating to people is very complicated. Uh, we're, we're addicted to our technology, and we need outside help to transform us on the inside and simplify our life. Our speech, our living, our acting, our relating. Well, now's the time to depend on Christ for that. Ask Him for His help. I'm going to ask our, uh, our elders and our ministers and our pastors, uh, our Stephen ministers, uh, others of you that we have prepared to pray, men and women that we've prepared to pray for people now, if you'd uh, line up across the front here so people can come to you. Uh, take a look where you are, guys. We want it equidistant so that we can, uh, uh, people can get to you easily. That we're not going to pray for y'all. Y'all are going to have a hard time. There we go. Come on down, guys. There we go. Now, we're, we are changing the culture of our church. Uh, we haven't always done this, but we are changing the culture of our church. We're praying with and for each other. And so we're going to have an extended time of prayer. Uh, if you would like someone to pray for you, need prayer. I need prayer in my, my speech is all out of whack with people and with God. I need help communicating with God. My relating to people, I'm a self-centered person. I need help rather treating other people the way I want to be treated. Uh, whatever it is, come, and, come to one of these folks and say, pray for me. You can tell them the issue if you want, but you don't have to. You can just say, pray for me, and they will. I'm going to pray for us. And then uh, you just get up from where you're seated and let's pray and trust in Christ and ask for his help. Lord Jesus, we do pray now by your Holy Spirit that you would prompt us to draw near to you as you draw near to us and that we would find in you the grace 
and the help from your Spirit that we need to simplify our lives. Now, meet with us in this room as we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information about Dogwood Church, visit www.dogwoodchurch.org.